Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome to the podcast. Before we start, I just want to make a quick announcement. So we are not muftis, we're not sheikhs, we're not people with ilm. We are simply people who are just trying to tell our story as black Muslims in the community. Obviously using all the knowledge that we have to the best of our abilities. So um, if you have any specific questions in relation to fiqh and other topics, theology, we probably aren't the best people to come to. Although we we are still in the process of seeking knowledge, so um, yeah, we we also could be wrong uh, in certain things that we say we could be right. But uh, the whole point is that we're just trying to use the basics of Islam to be able to negotiate this topic and bring justice to the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So thank you so much for joining in. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. What is up, everyone? My name is Adnan Shafi. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. I'm really, really excited for this podcast. I was about to record a Timbuk Tuesday podcast, but Jamil hit me up as usual. This is like the sixth time he's featured on the show. He might as well be a co-host. Uh, but we're going to be talking about anti-blackness in the Muslim community. But part two, we're going to be looking at it from a very different lens and in the context of whatever happened this weekend. And before we start, before we get into what actually happened, let's introduce all of our beautiful and amazing speakers, starting with Jamil. Tell us a bit about yourself for those who haven't quite met you yet. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Um, peace be unto you. If by now you don't know who I am, I feel like you just aren't watching this man's podcast. But I am Jamil. I am a African-American studies major with a concentration in the Caribbean. And I'm also a TikToker at Douglavoy. And you, you can come to me for that good old Islamic Caribbean you know, content. Yeah, wonderful stuff, guys. Also, if, you, if you're following me and not following Douglas Boy, it's as if you don't follow me. <laughs> so just, you might as well go and follow Douglas Boy, okay? Uh, let's also go to Hikma as well. Tell us a bit about yourself. Quite new on the podcast as well. Tell us a bit about yourself. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is Hikma Sherka. I live in Seattle, Washington. So I live in the States, but was born and raised in Ethiopia. And have a lot of experiences within um, just the Muslim communities, but like in very different groups. Um, so I'm excited for this conversation. I also really love both of your your content on TikTok. And I was like, oh yes, Black Muslims talking about real issues <laughs> that we need to address. So um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to be here as well. Let's also go to Anab, someone else that's new on the podcast. Let us know a bit about yourself. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Anab. Um, I'm 19. I live in Wisconsin right now and have lived there for quite a while now. Um, as she also, Hikma also said, I love you guys' content. Um, I love how you guys bring awareness and like shed light on issues like these in the Muslim community. And that's it. Yeah, thank you so much as well. I'm just, I'm so glad that we could get such a diverse group of people because I'm from Kenya, but I've also lived in South Africa and I'm currently living in the UK. And now we obviously have someone from, who's born and raised in Ethiopia and now lives in the US. We have someone from Jamaica. So I'd say that to all the people who are kind of skeptical, oh, now all of them are living in America, except for one of them. I mean, we're, we're, we're from many places. We have different stories and each one of them counts. And that's exactly what we're going to be getting into today. So for those who are new, wondering what's going on, you're hearing about this Arab Somali Muslim beef, or I'll just say Arab Muslim against Black Muslim beef. Jamil, would you care to just 
elaborate <laughs> around these these happenings sure no problem so essentially what happened is you have a young west african girl who you know when all right so it's, you have to really start at the beginning right drake made a song where he spoke arabic and all the Arab girls loved it right because i remember seeing the trend and so what happens is this young lady decides that she's going to make fun of the fact that the arab girls were enjoying the trend so she takes her braids and the same way the Arab girls are wrapping their hijabs she took her braids and you know pretended to wrap a hijab and it would seem that that struck a nerve with some people and for various reasons some people were upset because they felt like she was mocking Arabs some people felt like they she didn't understand the difference between Arabs and Muslim um some people did didn't like there was just various reasons that people gave some of them I would say were valid. Others weren't nothing more than based in anti-blackness. And you had some TikTok creators who decided to acknowledge the video. Um, and you, there was issues with the way some of them went about it. And so what essentially happens is then you have this all out war between Arabs and I wanna say black Muslims, but it was, I want to say, spearheaded by our Somali brothers and sisters who really held the banner in this fight. And so that's really what you have at the end of the day was a non-Muslim who made a joke about something she saw girls of a particular ethnic group doing and people not necessarily appreciating the joke and deciding to defend their religion because, you know, at the, but at the, base of this was the hijab so they decided to defend their religion by resorting to anti-blackness and racism yeah i'd say jamal summed it up quite well but i think it's really important that i mentioned this before we get into uh what people thought about it uh the intention of this podcast is not to spread fitna in quotes or to create divisions within the muslim community and i think as adults we're all past that the point of conflict is that not every single conflict is bad but if you leave a conflict misunderstanding the position right and you've you've been in a position whereby you're more ignorant of someone else's position or their lifestyle after the conflict i'd say that it's a bad conflict however if that conflict in the long term breeds more understanding it brings issues to light and allows for solutions to actually come through. I'd say that, that that conflict is actually a blessing and we've been able to at least uh, in the long term achieve unity. That's what I'd say. Uh, so now I just wanna go around asking people like when when you first saw the the videos like uh, that were responding to this girl, like what were, what were your thoughts? And anyone can just chime in whenever they want to. I first saw um, Muslim Thicks response video where, and she's a pretty, big well-known um, Muslim creator and I saw her video where she was explaining how um, disrespectful it was to the hijab and a mockery and all of that I saw it didn't really I mean I kept watching the girls video over and over again and I wanted to make sure I I felt that too but I didn't I didn't I didn't see how it was a mockery of the hijab or anything like that so I actually downloaded the video and I posted on Twitter and I asked my friends if they if they thought it was disrespecting the hijab or anything um, and a lot of the people that responded were black Muslims who were like, no, I didn't really, I didn't, I don't see it as disrespectful. So I kept going back and I kept watching the video. I was like, maybe I'm crazy. What, what am I missing? 
So I kept watching it over and over again. And then I started reading the comments because I wanted to know where they were, they were coming from. And literally none of it was about hijab at all. It was all like, uh, again, I think, I think uh, Jamil, you said this too, but like it was literally just anti-Blackness and they, they just wanted a reason. And this happens a lot in the Muslim community where um, a Black Muslim makes, or even just a Black person in general makes the tiniest mistake doesn't matter how big it is the tiniest mistake and it becomes a reason for why everyone is anti-black people are commenting things like this is why we're, we don't support black lives matter i'm like what are, what are you talking to what <laughs> like, makes no sense so then my friend made a response video um and a lot of people ended up watching it people responded to it um and it that's kind of like where the wars started a little bit um, but yeah, originally I was so confused, kept watching it. I even asked people on Twitter and no one, no one really understood where the, the issue was coming from, but then, um, then it became about anti-Blackness and just anti-Blackness only. Can I just add to that? Mm-hmm. I have a question for, for, I'm not saying necessarily every single Arab out there, but to the people that made those comments, why is anti-Blackness the default insult? Like, this my face, this my mother, this anything, that's normal, right? Because when people are angry, they do all kinds of things. They swear, right? Even though we're not supposed to be getting angry at all, right? But why is anti-Blackness the default? Don't you guys remember the whole case with Rihanna making that, the, the whole track with the Hadith in the background? And for those who don't know, Hadith is, it's a secondary form of scripture or sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Rihanna used that behind one of her backing tracks and obviously the whole Muslim community found it disrespectful. This black girl made a response saying that it wasn't a big deal. Then now we see a lot of Arab Muslims coming through and making really anti-black statements. What are your thoughts on that, Jamil? Bro, I think you already know my thoughts on it. I made a video about it. Me and that video got featured in a BuzzFeed article. So it's no secret how I felt about it, but I found it disgusting and like some of the responses I saw, I decided, you know, I'm like, because obviously we've forgotten that Black Muslims exist, right? So let me address this as both a Black person and a Muslim. So I saw one person who was like, these are the same people that cry when they're oppressed. So I was like, "Salam alaikum, sis, who's these people? She says, those who, who oppress people, but then pretend to be oppressed. I mean, so you mean everybody? Because everybody oppresses somebody and then turns around and pretends to be oppressed. One guy said, oh, these are the same people that get, no, it was like, um, these are the same people that got packed on ships and are mad that they got sent to America. And I was like, hey, you know, I don't know about them, but I'm mad my ancestors got packed on a ship and sent to Jamaica. So like, if we're going to talk about who's mad, let's talk about who's mad. And like, these are the responses. And I keep saying, when I was young and someone said, your mom is so dumb, she puts lipstick on her forehead to make up her mind. My response wasn't, oh, that's why you're a bleep, 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 bleep. No, it was, your mom is so fat when she walks in front of the TV, I miss all the commercial breaks. You like, and you know, as a Muslim, you're supposed to respond with what is evil, with what is good, right? But when you're young, you you hit them back with, a, with an equal insult, right? Equal compliment, equal insult. So I'm trying to understand how it is we in our big old age in big 2020 feel the need to retaliate to minor, of, and, and I'm not gonna say minor offenses because like obviously disrespecting someone's religion is dis- disrespecting someone's religion, but instead of attacking them, right? Because here's what I did when I spoke with people, there are certain copies of the Bible where Jesus peace be upon them's words are written in red. And so I explained to people that imagine if you went to a, a strip club 
and they were playing the the parts of the Bible that were written in red while strippers were dancing. Would you be offended or not? And people said, well, yeah, I'd be offended. I said, okay, so now you understand why we're upset. That's what you do. You don't go and say, ah, that's why you did it. That's why you ain't got no dad. That's why that's that's why that's why you're going. I saw somebody literally say, right? Because the, the person that Adnan mentioned, the per, the original person who made the tweet that offended everybody said, y'all are mad about a song. And I saw somebody literally respond with, and y'all are mad with knees in your neck. Considering what just happened in like May, that's the response. And, and so my question is, how long do some of you hold on to this and look for any excuse to lash out? Because the Rihanna thing happened, what, in, in October? The George Floyd murder happened in May? Were you holding on to it for that long? You were just looking for any excuse. And so that's that's my feelings when it comes to it. It's it's how long have you been holding on to these feelings, right? I also get super shocked. And uh, in a moment, we're going to hear from Anna. Uh, I just wanted to just sort of ask, like, then during these BLM protests or when people were crying about racial injustice, what were you truly feeling when you're posting those black squares? You were the same people who are posting the black squares, hashtag Black Lives Matter, when it started to be talked about even in the mosques, etc. What were you doing commenting things like that? And that's why I call them undercover racists, because I'm starting to actually doubt you. You see people's true colors coming out when all of this is happening. So yeah, let's hear from Anna. What, what was your whole opinion on this whole beef in general? So when the video came out and I looked at the comments, it was mostly men, Arab men, that were saying all these racist and like derogatory words and stuff. And I just thought like I like in the um, in the comments it was mostly men. I didn't see any like hijabi woman complaining about it or saying anything about it. To me, as like a Muslim hijabi, I didn't like I wasn't offended or anything about it. Like a lot of people, and I wonder why sometimes I don't have that same energy against like some guys will wear the hijab or they'll put anything like a pillow, a mop, or anything on their head to make it activist. It's a hijab or anything like that. And I don't see like nobody pointed out. Even if there was a there was a video. Of a um uh Arab girl and her black cousin and he was wearing a hijab and they didn't say anything about that and I don't know why it's just like I don't know why they're so pressed over this certain girl and what she did because again to me as like a hijabi it's not offensive like I didn't see it I just saw it as like a like a harmful trend that people were doing yeah and I don't want to speak like over hijabis or anything uh because I'm not one obviously um, I think when it came to, you know, Arab boys wearing the hijab and, you know, making these whole new skits. I mean, even though actually Islamically, you're not supposed to do that, right? No one said anything, not even the Haram police. It's like they were asleep that night, you know? And uh, all of a sudden now, I, I, like people just came after black people and I'm like, wow. So this is literally, this is literally how people see us. And like, I like the way they they sort of widened it from being an individual thing, even if it was offensive, right? Now you've, you've widened it to an individual thing, and it just shows like these double standards, as we said, that you're you're clearly setting. And Hikma, I believe you had wanted to say something. I was just gonna say, I think another layer to this that I keep thinking about is we know that there are a lot of um, Muslims who don't Muslim girls who don't wear the hijab, 
and how different the responses would be if it wasn't a black a black girl and if it was just some arab girl who is not a hijabi doing the same thing with her hair would the response have been different and also just i think to that point if um we're randomly seeing this girl who we don't know making this video no one checked to see if this girl was muslim or no one checked nothing like everyone just assumed that she was not muslim right but that 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 would not have happened if she was not black and like that that just keeps coming to my mind and then also a little bit later i think some people were like scrolling through her videos and saw her in videos with hijabis and like black muslims started to use that to be like she's muslim and you guys are pressed about this thing i mean she did say she she's not muslim but just the fact that like we as a society assume a black girl who doesn't wear her hijab even if she was muslim we don't say she's muslim or we don't assume she's muslim or we don't question whether or not she's muslim that same energy is not there for daisy or arab girls so I just want to say that I agree with what Hikma said 100%, right? There was this immediate jump to she is not a Muslim. And so therefore, we can hop on and criticize what she's doing. And Adnan, you and I have spoken about that in the previous podcast, right? This the whole divorcing of Africa and Blackness from Islam. Now, I as a brother, I'm not going to speak over hijabi sisters. However, as a brother who has made some videos, where I pretended to be my grandmother. So I did have, you know, a hijab on my head. I've never been criticized for it. And so while I, and I had these conversations with hijabis who said they were offended, I wasn't going to say, hey, shut up. You can't, you can't say you're upset. However, I did say, so if you're gonna cancel her, cancel me. And, and, I, and I, I literally asked these questions. I said, where's this energy for the sisters who don't wear the hijab on the daily basis, right? Because that's doing it for a trend. Where is this energy for brothers like me and other, bro other well-known brothers who some of their content is wearing the hijab? Some of them wear abayas and hijab. Where is this, where is this energy? But y'all are going after a 15-year-old girl who is making a social commentary. And I, and I said this on my live. I said, if you think about it, right, these trends exist. And so one pocket of TikTok, right, straight TikTok, Black TikTok, Muslim TikTok, um, Hindu TikTok has a trend and slowly the trend leaks out into the other communities of TikTok and the other communities adapted to the way they see fit. So for me, if I was going to make a joke about the fact that all the Arab girls were flipping their hijabs over their shoulders, I would have taken my do-rag as a black man and flipped the tassels over my shoulders, right? Now this is a black girl who's not Muslim, who did not want to respect, who did not want to disrespect the hijab. So she used her braids. And when I saw that video, I saw it that, that night and I didn't even know what she was doing. I was like, okay. And I kept scrolling. And then the next day, all of this stuff breaks out. And I'm like, this is what we're freaking out about. This is, this is, this is what has, this is what is ending the world right now. What made me even more mad, guys, I, I can't believe some people actually sent that girl death threats and threats of rape. Like, where does that even come from? And I mean, I don't want to get into this. I mean, but I th I'm, I'm thinking that it's actually a wider, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say that TikTok is representative of the Muslim community, but there's a, there's a, 
a lot of Muslims on there, and I can't even say more than a million Muslims on TikTok. And I'm sorry, but I think we need to actually start looking within because the amount of anger that I've seen within our community, the amount of hatred I've seen within certain people in our community that's being shown, for example, towards reverts, we've heard of the, the hate being shown towards um, the one revert who had a dog that was actually there because of a specific disability. And I mean, that's a topic for another day, but generally speaking, like, you know, it's, it's something we need to look into because I don't know where it came from. And like, this is, come on, like this is someone, she's like 15, right? It's like, what, 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 in what world do you think that that's okay? Right? And I, before I want to hand over to, to someone else to talk, I just want to mention this verse from the Quran in Surah Fusilat, it literally says in verse 34, good and evil cannot be equal. Respond to evil with that which is best. Then the one you are infused with will be like a close friend. And I feel like people just ignored this. I mean, and this is what I'm trying to say. People, Muslims, we need to be so much better at actually containing this thing. We need to listen. And the next topic we're going to get into is gaslighting because there's a lot of that that happened, right? But first of all, listen to people, right? And don't insult them back. Don't make generalizing statements because you turn it from an individual thing into a community thing. It makes absolutely no sense to me. So we need to be so careful about that. And now I'm just going to come to like the whole gaslighting thing because I feel like a lot of people weren't listening. Did you guys ever feel like people were gaslighting you when you're trying to bring attention to the anti-blackness in our community? If so, mention a, a sort of mini story and uh, we'll go from there. So I'll go, right? Um, and this kind of has to do with the whole thing, right? So I made a video that, you know, you know, there's a new audio going around. This is my part, nobody else speaks, but there's like a version of it where like the person gets drowned out by talking. So I use that video to say black Muslims speaking about anti-blackness, racism within the Muslim community. This was like before I even knew that the thing with the girl had become a thing. So I think people thought I made that because of that and that wasn't the case at all. Like, let me make that clear now. However, that thing only proved my point. So, but I had people in the comments, right? And they were going off and they were like, like one person literally stitched my video and was like, where do y'all live for this to be happening? This, this, this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen. And I'm like, like, you know, I'm like, how do you, how do you, anyway, right? And so I, I checked the person's comments and you had people who were like, are you, are, you, are, you, are you out of your mind? Like this happens in various places, but the person then proceeded to gaslight them. Somebody said that they lived in a neighborhood and their neighbor is from Morocco and the mom wouldn't let the kids play together. And the guy, the guy was like, oh, maybe she just doesn't know you. It's like, but we've lived next to each other for years. What do you mean she doesn't know us, right? And so you have things like this. I think the most famous form of gaslighting, right? Is, but Bilal. Right. And what I think is crazy, right, is you tell somebody, hey, yo, like, I think your dad was racist to me. And they're like, nah, bro, there's no race in Islam. And you're like, nah, but I think he would, bro, Bilal was black. I'm like, but you just said there was no race. How is he all of a sudden black? And the crazy thing is, like, as of recently, I think we've lost Bilal because people are pushing this whole thing because his father was an Arab. He wasn't black. And so, like, I, I don't, I have now lost my token black Muslim. That's essentially what has happened. You hear things like, I made a list, right? I did a fingers down challenge of the different microaggressions and flat out anti-blackness that black Muslims face. And I have people saying, this doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, your claims are baseless. Oh, this is just a US problem. 
And so what's crazy was like, I made that as a, as like a sound because I wanted people to use it. And I have right here, as of today, as of during this podcast, 28 people did it. You, you made a video to that sound, right? One of them did it during this podcast. Out of the 28 of them, five of them were in the UK. Tell me it's an American only problem. One person's in Maryland, one person's in Philly, right? Tell me that it's only a Florida problem. East Africans, West Africans, African Caribbeans, and African Americans, tell me it only happens in one group. Muslims who identify as he, him, she, her, they, them, tell me only happens to one gender. It happens across age groups. I saw two women who did it who looked old enough to be my mom, right? And so I even saw one sister from Morocco and one sister from Syria do it to show that they never have to deal with that stuff. You know, I mentioned the fact that some Black Muslims have a hard time getting married because families flat out say, don't bring home any Black people. And I had some, and, and, and so like, this is probably why like the thing that makes me even more enraged to talk about this is because now, because I as a young man have mentioned that Black Muslims are being rejected to get married, I have people saying, oh, it's not Black Muslims who are getting rejected. He got rejected one time and now he's calling everybody racist. I'll have you know that I'm flat broke. So I'm not really looking to get married anytime soon. But you know, if Jay Dean, half of Dean Squad can sing a song where he says, I met an Arab girl and I got so attached, but her dad didn't like me because I was black. If Jay Dean can write a song about that, you know, I have people saying, oh, you must have experienced you, you must have experienced that for you to talk about it. No, but you hear the stories and you see it happen in front of you. So those are like some of my experiences with the gaslighting. Facts, facts. I think you mentioned so much, even in relation to the, the JD thing. He's not the only guy who said that. Muslim Bilal, was a, who's a repert uh, in the UK, he or Ashley Chin, <clears throat> that's his name. He actually mentioned that he was looking to get married. And I think it was a Desi family this time. And he approached them and the daughter and literally asked, you know, what do you think your parents will say? It's like, oh, they'll probably say no. And he said, why? He said, because you're black. And people think that this is a joke. And my question is, if you think our claims are baseless, what are you basing your nullification of our points on? Like, tell us, right? He who alleges must prove, right? So if you're alleging that my claim is, my claim is false, even though I've said it's based on a personal experience, right? Then prove that I'm wrong, right? And if so many people are speaking about it, I'd say that I believe all those people over you because you seem like you're the dissenting voice. So that's definitely one thing. Another thing that I noticed, right, is when people try to say, oh, there's racism coming from both sides. When you make that statement, you're implying that both are equal, even though you neglected to say that, okay, we know that it's been worse for, for example, Black people, right? And I don't need to give you a history lesson. We know about slavery. We know about segregation. And even the fact that, for example, when they were discussing about which race, like for example, Arabs would fit in if you're like lighter skinned, they would consider them white in the US. And we're also not gonna talk about the fact that even Desi uh, uh, groups, when they came to places like Kenya during colonialism, that they had privilege. And my grandmother, before you start saying my claims are baseless, my grandmother who lived during the colonial era, because she looked Indian, she had access to better toilets and better facilities than black people. 
So this is exactly what I'm meaning. It's like, oh no, but Ananda was so long ago. It's like systemic racism, guys. And I think as Muslims, yo, we need to actually do class on this as well. It's a fact. And the thing is, I'm not just saying this as, as a way to, I mean, yeah, you can have differences of opinion, but uh, I don't think that that difference of opinion comes into this realm, especially if you're a Muslim, because we've, I've had conversations with people who are doing doctoral theses, uh, theses on uh, things like, you know, discrimination of employment, you know, at, at the workplace, etc. And this is all real. It's not like made up numbers. So for you to just come out and say that it's all fake, like, who are you? What are your credentials? And as a Muslim, are you not listening? Right? This is my main point. It's like they were not, they were never equal. And that girl that made that video, um, I'm just, may Allah bless her soul, right? But uh, she made a whole video trying to say that, you know, you don't know how Arabs have had it so bad. <laughs> and I'm so sorry, guys, that video just really, the, the amount of discomfort that I had from that video, it's like, she was trying to complain and say, yeah, we've gone through this stuff. We're not trying to say that Arabs don't go through racism as well. But like this, and I'm not trying to like make it oppression Olympics, but if we have to play the cards, we have to play the cards, right? The prison industrial complex was built for black people here in the UK and also the same thing in the US. And you can look into the criminal justice system and how, for example, black people, even though they have the same priors, even though they have the same crime that's committed as a white person, they'll get 20% longer sentences, right? They're 12 times more likely in the US to be wrongfully convicted of something like sexual, I mean, a, a drug, uh, you know, use of drugs or sale of drugs. And it's three and a half times uh, more likely than a white person to be arrested for, for something like sexual assault. So these aren't big figures. And like, I'm not trying to like say that Arabs don't go through uh, this, but also you have to realize that black people have a unique experience with racism across the world. Even in China, as I said, you go there and people are getting kicked out of their houses for allegedly being the source of coronavirus. And like, you know, it's not the only place, like literally black people, regardless of where you go around the world, because of how far reaching the effects of colonialism were, like you will find racism. I want to hear from maybe Anna or Hikma. What do you guys think? So about the gaslighting experience I had, um, I seen a lot of comments on TikTok saying that if it wasn't for um, Arabs, some um, black people wouldn't have Islam or anything like that. So I basically made a video calling them out for their superiority, superiority complex saying that and just addressing the racism and uh i did get some like really racist half those comments were really racist remarks and they got mad because i said in the olden days they were barbaric and so they decided to use that as an excuse to just like make racist remarks and i even had a comment that said that uh they tried using a authentic hadith uh not a un, un, i mean an unauthentic hadith um that was false and they tried saying that um Musa salam was he they just tried describing him as a shaitan with a dark skin and curly hair and said that was him and that's the hadith that islamophobes by the way use as like a it's very unauthentic and it was on one of the comments in my videos and the comments basically prove my point and i was trying to say that i was calling them out on their superiority complex and the races in their community and um I also wanted to add about that one video uh, that you saw about the girl that was saying uh, she had like she, she was Arab herself and she said that she experienced more racism by her hijab from um, people from outside the community. And I think 
that was kind of like she did kind of make it a, a, a um what was it like a like some kind of game or competition and it wasn't I was just simply trying to address out the uh, racial issues in our Muslim community and she said that she suffered more racism from people from outside but the problem was that she was talking about um, Islamophobia more than from the people outside of our Muslim community more than the people in our religion um, the Muslim community inside so I just think that was like a very I just think it was really irrelevant that, and maybe she got confused by um, Islamophobia is a form of racism, but she just got confused which one she faces more in the outside uh, versus the inside Muslim community. I keep thinking about, first of all, okay, so I, I work in um, politics and like I'm constantly surrounded by older white people who are like on the other end of, <laughs> of like blatant racism, right? I'm surrounded by that all the time. Um, but like TikTok makes me feel like I live in a bubble because if you really think, I mean, for me personally, I'm surrounded by a lot of black Muslims um, in just the area we grew up in. There's a huge Somali population. There's a huge Ethiopian Muslim population here in Seattle. So I, I grew up in that. But like when I think of people who disrespect me and people who are like blatantly racist to me, I think of the people that I see when I go to our state capital. Um, but I also have to say, like, it's so funny to me that non-Black Muslims or just non-Black people in general can be like, this is how I've experienced more racism than you. But you've never been me and you've never gotten to see the, my experiences as a Black Muslim woman or just as a Black Muslim in general. You've never seen it. You've never experienced it. So you can't tell me what I did and didn't ex experience. And to your point, Jamil, about the video, like, we're like, please listen to me. This is what I'm going through. And everyone's like, actually, no, shut up because this is what I'm going through. And like, yeah, I'm going through all of what you're going through plus more. <laughs> like, and I need you to listen to that. And it, it's just like, I just, I, I can't comprehend how we think we could ever get to a point where we could create like actual change when we don't even bother listening to each other. And how we can ask that of other people, but can't do it ourselves. Like that just, that, that will forever just blow my mind. I just don't, I don't get it. And I want to say something. I want to actually like, like a few points, right? So with this whole, I am Arab and I face the same amount of racism as black people is ultimately false in every way, shape and form, especially when Arabs went to court to say that they were white. Arabs in America are seen as white because they went to court and they made the argument that they are from the same place that Jesus, peace be upon him, is from. And if you're going to say that we are black, then you are saying ultimately that you worship a black man. And this was enough for the American court system to say, no, y'all are white, right? That's one. Two, um, circling back to like the um, Muslim Bilal thing, right? Where like he spoke with that girl and that girl said that her family would probably say no because he's black. I'm gonna put myself out there, right? And this is all for the sake of driving home my point. I'm on salams, right? Formerly known as Minder, I'm on salams. They're not paying me to say this, but I'm gonna say it, right? I have seen so many black sisters who in their bio say, if you know you or your family is racist, if you know you or your family doesn't like black people, if marrying outside of your race is a problem, keep moving and don't swipe right on me. I have never seen a Desi, Arab, European sister have to say this. 
it has always been black sisters who say this. Right? And so if if nothing I've said says anything, that on something as as casual or as serious as Salams, a Muslim matchmaking app, that these sisters have to say this, it tells you that there is a problem. Plain and simple. Right? Um I had another thing, right? Do we want to talk about gaslighting? You ever been the only black Muslim on the board for a school's MSA board? That is some gaslighting right there. That is everything you say, right, is like drowned out by the majority, whether it be Arab or Desi. And like I've told Adnan these experiences, right? I was the only black member. I was the token black guy on the board, right? To the point where I was reduced down to, I'm Afro-Caribbean, right? I have no shame in my African heritage, but I pride myself in being Caribbean because that's the culture I grew up in. So when you tell the, the Black Caribbean Muslim that he has to wear African clothes to the multicultural Eid, but then you look at the, the Indo-Caribbean Indo brother and is like, ah, oh, just wear some Caribbean clothes. You've completely just divorced everything that makes the Muslim person unique and you've generalized because what the heck is African clothes? I'm sitting before three people whose roots are from three different African countries. I'm pretty sure you would all bring something very different to me if I said, bring me African clothes. I also want to add, um, Anna, you said earlier, like they were talking about Islamophobia and not racism. And I think we need to like define what racism is again, because I think uh, we keep hiding behind that term and also um, I think especially non-Black people are so scared of that word. And you should be. It's, it, you know, it, it makes sense. It holds a lot of weight. But they say something anti-Black and called racists. And they're like, I'm not racist because one, two, three. But I think we need to be able to understand what racism is. Obviously, like we've, we've learned like racism is prejudice plus power, right? You have more power than me as a Black Muslim woman. For me, I am at the bottom of that chain, right? But I think also um, there's a, a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, I think. And he like, he defines, um, he defines racism as like someone who supports racist policies in their actions or inaction of like, uh, or like expressing a racist idea. So basically if you as a human being, it doesn't matter whether you are black, white, Arab, whatever, if you are not fighting against racism, or if you are not in your actions fighting against racism, then you are racist. And we, you know, a lot of people agree or disagree with that statement. But like, even for me, as a black person, if I'm not fighting against these things that are hurting people of color or black people in general, then I'm playing into that structure of racism, right? It's like, you don't, you don't need to be afraid of the term racist because it exists, we live in a racist system. We know that, and as long as we are we are continuing to perpetuate the same, you know, like structures, we we're we're continuing to live within those structures. Then we're going to continue to have these systems exist unless we fight against them. And if you're not fighting against it, especially as a non-black person, then you are racist, and that's it. Like. You don't need to say anti you don't need to say racist things for you to be called racist. You also just don't say anything at all and that's racism on its own. Yeah, and I think I just want to mention something in relation to that. 
a lot of people think that racism only exists in the overt realm. No, <laughs> race. That's why I say people are undercover racists or subconscious racists. Right, those two are different. Right, I'd say that the main thing is when it comes to subconscious bias. You, I hate it when people say I don't see color because your subconscious sees color. And you were taught when you were a child, if your parents even had a bit of experience, you know, with racism, uh, depending on which spectrum they were on, right? Your your educational system, etc., leaving out things like Black history, deliberately misrepresenting Black civilizations, or your teachers talking about Black people in a certain type of way, the news, etc., these beauty standards. You when you live in a post-colonial world, you inherit unconscious bias regardless of how good you are, regardless of how pious you are, you're not a prophet, right? So you, there's no such thing as, oh, you know, but I can never be racist. I follow the Quran and Sunnah, but you're still fallible and you still have racist biases, right? Just the way, like, just the way, for example, men might have certain biases that may be sexist, right? And obviously, like, you know, it's all about working against those biases. We're not saying that you're a bad person because you have these biases, but for you to deny the existence, you're going way too far in trying to prove your innocence. And I think that when, like, I just noticed something, and we're going to move on to this topic, actually, and this is like the perfect sort of crossroads. <clears throat> it's peacemakers, right? When people come through as these peacemakers, and it's, I'm, yeah, the intentions are good, but realize who you might be speaking over. And this is exactly what I've said. First thing that we should all note, we, we unequivocally condemn anyone that's making all of these insults, anyone that's making these generalizations that aren't true, etc. right? But what we're also saying is that you coming in and saying, oh, actually, let's stop fighting. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people in my comments said this. This is so dumb. Let's stop fighting. You have the privilege of being able to sit there in silence and not having to deal with the things that Black Muslims deal with. And this is exactly what I was talking about in my, my other podcast on online activism. You, being a peacemaker when you're not a Black person, right, or a Black Muslim, being a peacemaker is a privilege in and of itself because your, your subconscious is telling you, I'm uncomfortable confronting these racial biases within me. Therefore, I must, I must silence it through silencing others. That's literally how your subconscious is telling you to work, in, work these things out. And I just want to tell those people who had the, who the, like the peacemakers that we're not going to remain silent, right? We're not going to just be silent about all the things that we've been through because Black people have also been through a lot, especially outside of the Muslim community. So now coming into the Muslim community where we should expect to feel home, we have every right to talk about those things. And us talking about those things is not causing fitna. It's saying that there's a problem in our community and we want to solve it. And I'd say that those people who see it as fitna, like, what, why do you see it that way? And the worst thing that I saw as well, the worst piece of gaslighting, when you, for example, have a shred of an attachment, you start talking about African history, they'll be like, oh, brother, you're Muslim first, you can't be a Pan-African. Oh, brother, you're Muslim first before you're Black. You know? And it's like, no one ever said that I wasn't, right? At the end of the day, we're human beings. But me interacting with other political ideologies, so long as they do not contradict with the Islamic philosophy, I am doing just fine, right? And we don't hear the same thing about 
pan-Arab people, you know, people who are like, oh, I'm pan-Arab, whatever. That's never the discussion. It's always, oh, it's the angry black people, you know, just a reminder, you're not, you're not just black, you're also Muslim. It's like, we don't, we don't need you to remind that. Or you don't, we don't need you to remind us of that, right? And it's like, I feel like when you start talking to black people like that as a form of gaslighting, it's almost as if, and this is very subconscious, it's as if you're asserting that your Islam is superior, your understanding of Islam is automatically superior to that person's. What makes you think that I don't know that, right? Uh, let's hear from, from Anab, I think. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing of the peacemakers in quotes? Okay, so I had a lot, uh, you know, all these Islamic speakers and like sheikhs on TikTok. I was like really disappointed in them because some of them decided to like just ignore the issue. And these are the same ones that was supporting the BLM movement and everything back then. And so some of them just like decided to keep it on the down low and just keep posting their Islamic topic, like saying nothing about it. And some they just decided to advise people and say, like you said, they were saying it was fitna and it isn't good that we should start fighting that we're one ummah. But I feel like they weren't focusing on the real issue. Like you should get to the root of it and say like, what causes problem? Like, why are people fighting? Why are the black Muslims mad? But instead they come with like, um, Quran verses saying like nobody is superior to the other one or they bring up the whole like um, Musa uh, and how he was a black man how he, he was one of the first um, black Muslims and I think like it's just like diverting from like the whole issue we know that Musa was one of the first one of the first on um, black Muslims and we know all that but it's like they're just coming up with like excuses and just not trying to solve the real issue at hand here so yeah, uh, similar to what Anab was saying, right? I remember back when the Rihanna thing happened and I made the video where I called out non-Black Muslims and I was like, y'all see what y'all were saying, right? I want you to remember that there's Black Muslims. Do y'all see what you guys have been saying? Because we see it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you guys don't realize that we do see what you guys say. And this is something I've been saying to myself and I keep saying that I want to say this in a public space where people can hear me. And this is where it's gonna be. Quarantine will be over and life will go back to normal, which means we will be going back to the masjids. And you may have to pray next to the black brother whose movement you had been ridiculing the entirety of, pandemic, of the pandemic. You will have to sit next to a sister. You will have to eat whatever the case is, hold the door open for, put your shoes next to the shoes of a black brother or sister. I just want you to understand that that this pandemic will be over and you will have to deal with black Muslims again. That's my first thing. Secondly, um, actually no, with regards to that same video, right? I had, I had somebody who went through and tagged maybe 10 or 11 big name Muslim TikTokers, male and female, Arab and Desi, right? Not a single one of them said anything. If I look back in the comment sections, I'll see that all those names are unliked none of those people said anything, right? Some of these are the same people who, when they do make videos addressing black Muslims, all they can say about Malcolm X was he was, he's the example of what an educated black Muslim man looks like, right? You have people who say, let me tell you something. I got a toilet. A toilet has one job, it is to flush. That is what a toilet does, it flushes. The Muslim ummah is supposed to be united. You can't tell me to flush the toilet if the toilet is clogged because it's not going to clog. It's not going to flush. 
And so the Muslim Ummah cannot be united if there's these divisions on the inside. And if I address the division that black Muslims are treated in an inferior way, and your response to me is that I'm causing division amongst the Ummah by addressing the mistreatment of black Muslims, then it means that you believe that this Ummah, this Ummah is founded on anti-blackness and racism. Because why else is addressing racism what divides the Ummah? Tell me. That's powerful stuff, Jamil. And yeah, I, I think I'm just gonna like mention a couple of things that people need to do um, in order to, to, to just sort of unpack this whole situation. You've heard from four black Muslims and we're gonna get into solutions right after this. And like a Hikmah, I know you wanted to say something. I'll get to you in a second. Um, I think we just need to sort of step back and like, look, if you're a non-black Muslim, before making assertions, ask questions that are helpful and listen. Listening is such a good skill. And I think you get, like a lot of people actually take it for granted, especially during this whole thing. And I'm so, I also say that I'm quite disappointed with a lot of these big Muslim Sheikh creators. We know that you might have been, for example, throughout your life, you've been fighting, help fighting racism, right? But that does not, that means, that does not mean that, for example, if someone comes across a one minute video and you're trying to give people guidance, that somehow you just forget to say something about, um, about racism. And this is not, I'm not talking about any specific creator. I've seen a lot of different response videos and people just forgot to say something about the racism that was happening. It was just like, okay, guys, we need to stop fighting. This is really dumb. And then I'm just trying to tell people, this is my thing. And I mentioned this in one of my videos. It's like, what? you're saying let's stop fighting okay fine let's just stop fighting then the problem will come back again if you don't solve the issue the ummah will remain disunited that's just a fact so we should focus on the issue don't try and pussyfoot around it and you know just like you know be whole like be, be scared of the possibility that you know you might get uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations are needed right and we, we need these conversations to be able to grow as a community. And I think Anab mentioned something about Islam in Africa, about how some people are like, oh, if it wasn't for Arabs, then it, like a lot of black Muslims wouldn't be Muslim today. Please, Yani, please. Allah could have chosen a prophet, for example, the last prophet to have come from South America or New Zealand for all we know, right? We, know, we just know that obviously, yeah, came through the lineage of the prophets, things could have been, we don't know, you know, things could have been totally different, right? And I don't think that that makes Arab people special. And also, if we want to talk about who actually brought Islam, in quotes, to, to Africa, yes, North Africa, yes, we can see it was the Arabs. Then the Amazigh people actually brought it down to places like the Ghana Empire, where they built mosques the Mali empire where they accepted Islam and the ruling class accepted Islam. That's where you get people like Mansa Musa. Then you have states like Kanembornu, the longest reigning empire in Africa's history was a Muslim empire. And I don't even think that they were that closely related to Arabs. They had a diplomatic relation with them, but it was never, it was never that deep. And this was the whole population that was almost Muslim. You know, you go to the Swahili, Swahili states, yes, Arabs brought it, but who sustained the religion? You act as if black people played no role in being able to preserve Islam till today. But if you go to a place called uh, Chingweti and you find Quranic manuscripts that are as old as the 11th century 
and you're telling me that people weren't serious about the deen or that by Arabs needed spoon feed Islam to people. And you know what even makes it worse is like, you know, right, the, the fact that people actually don't even know this history. And that's what I'll be talking about in the last, the last parts of this. But yeah, uh, Hikmah, uh, you can go ahead, uh, just add your bit and then we'll move on to solutions. I mean, I was, I was just going to make the same point that like, even if we, the, just the peacemaking piece, like, even if we do decide, okay, let's coexist, we'll ignore all of the, all of our horrible experiences, let's start over. You get to go on with your day as a non-Black Muslim and nothing changes for you. But I walk outside and my experiences are still there. And I think um, just like the fact that as Muslims, forget our races and everything. As Muslims, we're told, we're taught to speak on oppression, right? So even if we are not talking about the Black Muslim population, just Black people in general, we've seen Black people literally get murdered for just being Black. And we don't see people talking about that. And then, and then there's issues in the Middle East. And yes, we should speak on it. You know, it, it, obviously it's, it's horrible. There's issues in the Middle East. And when we don't speak on it, people literally comment on our videos. And I've seen people do this to you, Jamil, being like, oh, I don't see you talk about what's happening in here. And I don't see you talking about the, I don't see you talking about what's literally happening outside your door. <laughs> and like, you get to say, yes, let's, let's start over. And let's, let's forget all of these things and let's be Muslims. But you literally ignore other oppressions, even if we were to cancel out Black Muslims. And that, for that reason, is why we won't stop talking about it because, because it's real and because it impacts us every single day. And then also, what you were saying, Adnan, about like um, telling us, you know, we should be worried about Muslims. A lot of, I mean, uh, just the fact that we're Muslim and represent Islam instead and not worry about race. A lot of times, people that make comments like that are men. And it's so funny to me because you get to walk around, you get to walk around and no one knows you're Muslim. I walk outside and the first thing people see is my Islam. So you can't tell me that I need to focus on Islam. I'm literally a walking symbol of my religion. And that just like blows my mind all the time. So I also wanted to add um, on the topic of um, like the inspirational like speakers or sheikhs on TikTok saying that it was fitna. I don't understand how, okay, so fitna means something, a conflict or something that um, causes distress. So I don't understand how this would be fitna, us speaking about the racial um, problems and the racial abuse and stuff in the Muslim community from like Des um, Desis or Arabs or anything like that. In Islam, we're taught that if there's any injustices or anyone being oppressed, if you see anything wrong, that you should speak about it and not be quiet. So I just don't understand how they could like, it's just like a contradiction. That's what I'm saying. I got this right. I'll tell you why it's a fitna. Um, if I say, because this is what happened, right? I said there is racism in the Muslim community, and people instantly rebuttaled with, "Islam is not racist." Yes, sweetheart. I know. I said Muslim community. Then you had people saying you shouldn't say Muslim community. You should be saying a few Muslims. Are these people not members of the community? I had people. I had one person who gaslit me, and they gaslit me in such a way that I didn't know how to respond. They said, "How dare you!" insult the Prophet Sallallahu Ummah by using a Western term such as community. I was like, what? You just completely bypassed the problem. 
right? And so the thing is this, everybody, nobody wants to be seen as racist, right? As Hikma said, that is a heavy word. Nobody wants to be racist. So to even suggest that the group you identify with could be racist. No, I'm gonna tell you something. I did theater when I was in high school, right? I did poetry when I was in high school. I did student government. No matter what community you find yourself in, if you are black, right? You will find some semblances of anti-blackness in, in the most miniest of microaggressions. Whether it be you're, you're auditioning for a show and someone suggests you use the lines or a song that is sung from a predominantly black cast, whatever the case might be. So to suggest that Possibly this Desi person who does not see themselves as Arab. Well, nobody said we were talking about, sorry, that doesn't see themselves as racist. Nobody said that you are racist, but we're saying that the community in which you belong to practices things that are anti-Black. Because why else do you say Abed? If you're not racist, right? Go, 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 go talk to your mom and call her an Abed. Say it, but you, you say it to me, right? Move your foot away from your dad when you guys are praying. Oh, you won't. Okay, okay. So so then maybe you maybe you aren't racist. I don't know. So that that's really what it is. This fitna, this distress is because it pains people to admit the fact that they could play a role in the oppression of people, especially since a lot of Muslims would be considered people of color. And for some reason, people of color love to engage in these oppression Olympics. Right? You know, I called out one particular Muslim TikToker who made a very anti-black response to the young lady's video and his response to me was i'm not the best muslim i fought back racism with racism right and and he said i am defending my oppressed people i said nobody oppressed your people this 15 year old girl who put her two the two sides of her head into a hijab has oppressed your people sir i don't know much about anything but if I, I, I know who's oppressing your people, it's not this 15 year old West African girl. That's not who's oppressing your people, right? And, and so I told him, I was like, I'm not in this whole oppression Olympics foolishness because let me tell you something, you don't wanna play oppression Olympics with a black man. You don't wanna play oppression Olympics with a black Muslim man. And Adnan, like we always like to say, right? Nobody could have it harder in America than a black Muslim woman immigrant. Don't we say that? Also add niqabi after that. I cannot imagine how black Muslim immigrant women that wear niqab. Oh, yo. I think there's one of them on TikTok, actually. I don't think there, she's an immigrant, though. There's uh, a few of them. And I'm like, yo, you guys are like elite. That's another level. Because how are you dealing with this stuff? You know? Sorry, go on, Jamil. So there is a sense of pride. And this is something else I'm going to say. If you are, and I say this very, very bluntly, and I really don't care who gets offended when I say this. If you are Muslim and Arab, and you think you are better than your fellow Muslim on the sole basis that you are Arab, you might just be the worst Muslim there is. Because you have nothing else to be proud of than the fact that you are something you had no control over. Plain and simple. No, that's that's facts, man. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I don't know where it comes from. Just because your revelation descended upon your lineage, that does not make you special. Because if that was the case, 
we would be saluting people like Abu Lahab because the revelation descended upon his people, right? But at the end of the day, what we're trying to say is that you can have revelation descend upon your people. It doesn't, it can be 30 times, 40 times, 50 times. But as long as you're not doing the good deeds, you know, then it means nothing, right? And then also one thing I did want to mention, right? Is um, the fact that you, you even think that you're in a position to say that, for example, oh, because the, the Quran was revealed in Arabic, then therefore you know, I'm closer to the Quran than you. It's like the Quran, reading the Quran is one thing, by the way. Implementing the Quran in your life is a different thing. So you need to look deep, deep within yourself and ask yourself, am I just reading the Quran, right? Because you've been given the privilege to speak Arabic or am I implementing the Quran in my life? Okay, so I just wanted to add something, one more. Um, so I had one, uh, a comment on one of my videos saying that since because this person was Arab, that they have a responsibility to Islam to spread it and to um, basically just say like, oh, we're responsible. Like it, the Quran descended for us. Therefore, we're the ones that have to spread it and we're responsible for anything like that. And I just want to say you don't get to like gatekeep Islam and decide like who can be Muslim and who isn't like worthy of being a Muslim or anything like that. And um, when she made that comment, it was like she just saying that oh because i'm arab i mean first of all there is like okay there is a responsibility on every muslim no matter what color to like inform other people or like to spread the religion but you can't say it doesn't belong to like a specific group or like a specific race or specific eth uh, ethnicity or anything like that we have a responsibility as muslims like for um for da'wah to spread islam that's fine but it just made me really annoyed because she's saying just because the quran was like descended for them it descended on on them that they have like a responsibility as like a uh, race or certain ethnicity to spread islam and i just quickly refute that because she's talking about the Quran being revealed in quotes for them. The Well, I think the Prophet, peace be upon him, would disagree with that because he's referred to in the Quran as Rahmatan lil alameen, right? And that's mercy to the worlds, right? And I don't think the world is just Arab people. So I don't see, I don't see where that point comes from. And there's another hadith that states that if Allah was to guide someone to Islam through you, then that would be better than like you know anything that this world contains find me where in that hadith it says this is side note this is for Arab people only I don't see this responsibility you know and also don't forget in Mali I mean people really think that you know that Mali was just one of those places where Islam somehow just reached it by chance whatever no they knew Arabic they wrote African languages in Arabic and that's called Ajami script the same thing, you can find Ajami script as well. I think they're using it to write Somali in some, some instances. And they're also writing uh, Swahili in Ajami. And I mean, this is people using the Arabic language. So you can't just be like, oh, Africans are automatically, you know, they're, they're less competent in the Arabic language. People knew the Arabic language. And Timbuktu is a center of that scholarship. So people need to really like, you know, think through these things. And actually that's going to bring me to my solutions, guys. And here are my asks. Specifically, I'll start off with creators. If you're a non-Black Muslim creator, right? 
and you somehow make a video that black people end up talking about, you need to listen, right? You're not part of the group. So it would be arrogant of you, in my opinion, to decide for them what it feels like to undergo racism or what counts as a microaggression. Listen to them out of respect, right? Because if, it truly, if, if, if we truly don't see, see race as Muslim brothers and sisters, then listen, because they are also a Muslim brother or sister, right? My second ask, for the big creators who haven't said anything directly addressing the racism in this case, right? I'm just gonna assume the best and I'll think that you forgot, right? Or you, you had other commitments in life and that somehow just, you didn't have time to make a video. But if you could even just say one sentence, literally that one sentence coming from you brings awareness and a lot of people follow you. So your, your reactions, they will model them. And that's why I think actually a lot of people when they were saying that, for example, oh, let's just stop this. It came from a lot of those videos because you guys are, maybe you didn't ask for the position, but now you're leaders of the TikTok Muslim community. And that has, that's literally your responsibility. My third ask, please, if you are a non-Black Muslim, educate yourself on Black Muslim history. There's, I'm tired of hearing Malcolm X. I'm tired of hearing Muhammad Ali, although may Allah bless their souls as well, right? I'm tired of just hearing Bilal radiallahu anhu, although may Allah bless his soul as well, right? I want to hear different names this time. Have you ever heard of Saeed of Mogadishu? Right? He was a very famous scholar in Makkah during the 13th century and he studied there for 28 years. Have you heard of Muhammad Bagayogo, another Malian scholar, Ahmed Baba, who had a library that had 1,600 books and that was the smallest out of all of his friend group. Have you not heard of these people, Mansa Abu Bakari II, who abdicated his throne to go and sail the Atlantic and discover if there was land on the other side? I think we need to try better because there's so much more that we can learn about Black Muslim history. And the more you learn about the history, the more you learn about the people and realize that the Islamic experience on Africa, on the, on the continent of Africa was actually quite rich. And that's basically my two cents on this. Let's get uh, some solutions from Hikmah. I mean, I think the only thing I have to say to non-Black Muslims is don't take us sharing our experiences as an attack on you like it has nothing to do with you this conversation is not about you we are saying these are issues that we face and this is how we want it to be resolved and like that is uh, you have to give space for us to have that conversation and quit being so defensive because your your defensiveness just shows that you're guilty of making us feel this way and and if you are feeling defensive it's time for you to open your books and read a little about just racism in general. What is it? And what are, what are, the, what are the, the, I guess, intersectionalities or complexities of it? And there's so much out there. Like it's really not that hard. And then also just basic human decency. That's literally all we're asking for. I think we complicate solutions so much. Like we could have had this conversation in such a civil way 
we could have talked about why this girl's video was disrespectful or not in a way that wasn't an attack on each other. And it took away from the fact, and I, I, I said this earlier, but like, for me, I didn't find that video disrespectful, but it, it, I didn't even care anymore to see if it was actually disrespectful to the hijab or to Islam. It took that away from us. And we, we forget that there's like literally just basic decency that it takes to, to get anything across. And that's all I ask, right? Just listen, it's not that hard. Okay, so all I ask, to be honest, is just have some like understanding and like you said, Anand, to listen and um, not take it as criticism when somebody like um, tells their experiences in what happened in the Muslim community and just like not to invalidate their um, experiences in any way and say, oh, it didn't happen. A Muslim can't do this. That person isn't a Muslim. They're non-Muslim because the reality is there is racism in the Muslim community. Whether you like it or not, we have to admit it and the admin it and um the first step to that is just like acknowledging it and just like finding ways like oh what can I do to like at least reduce this or like just even end it but that's honestly all I ask is just to have some empathy um, empathy and understanding all right so my solutions is this right most most Muslims, right, are raised that when they're young, you know, you eat sabiha food, right? You your meat has to be slaughtered to the Islamic standard. Um, I have two sisters sitting here, right? Anab and Hikma, they both wear their hijab. Um, I'm sure there was at a point in their life where they met a sister who didn't wear hijab, right? And that must have like maybe might have thrown them off because they didn't know that you were just like allowed not to wear it. I don't I don't know, right? I'm pretty sure the same thing with like sabiha food. You meet someone at school and they don't eat sabiha, and you're like, whoa what are you doing? Okay, cool. That means that you were raised right and you met somebody who did something that was against the grain of how you were raised. And so it's very similar with racism, right? Most of us are raised that you're not supposed to be racist. We're raised that we're Muslim first. Um, I think especially if you're a black Muslim, you're, that's instilled in you that you're, you're Muslim first. And I have my own problems with that. But regardless of that, you know, you're raised that you're Muslim first. You're raised that the um you're you're raised on these tenants, right? And so when you meet somebody who is against the grain, you're shocked. And I think that plays a factor into when we say that there's racism in the Muslim community. Everybody turns to the fact that they were raised to love Bilal and that they know Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali, and that th that they couldn't be racist because they grew up eating zabiha and wearing hijab, and they were told not to be racist. Let me tell you something. Some of these sisters wear the hijab in front of their dad and as soon as they go to school, they take it off. Some of you eat the zabiha pepperoni at home and some of y'all while out and eat the pork pepperoni at school pizza parties because you don't want to feel like you're left out. And it's the same way some of you in your households may not be racist, but you go out and you practice acts of microaggressions and anti-blackness against your fellow black Muslims and black people as a whole. And you don't necessarily see it that way or you do and you just try to turn a blind eye to it. So my thing is acknowledge the fact that when we say that there is racism in the Muslim community, we're not talking about everybody. We're talking about those who don't do it or those who do it, I should say. And so when we address this, listen to us. It's not gonna make sense. It's not going to make sense. I'm gonna tell you that it's not going to make sense because you don't understand. I did the thumbs down, I did the fingers down video and that was like a no nuance November because I didn't explain some of the things I said. 
But when I said, put a finger down if you were told that a, tur a turban was haram, it's because black Muslim sisters are often shamed for wearing a turban, while Desi and Arab sisters are praised and they're YouTube fashionistas and they're trendy. You know what I'm saying? So when, when, we, when we talk, listen, if it doesn't make sense, it's not, it's, not gonna, something that, it's not something that clicks in overnight. It takes time, but it will take longer if you refuse to listen. There is a lot that needs to be discussed. I have respect for people like Muslim Thick who reached out to me. I think Hikma also said she'd reached out to her. You know, for somebody to do something and it has a negative effect in the community to then turn back to the people in her community who it, it affected, she reached out and I explained it to her and I spoke with her and I realized that this was a sister who genuinely thought everybody wore hijab, everybody ate Zabiha, nobody was racist. And come to, she, you know, I'm not here sitting here making excuses. This is me literally having a conversation with the sister and realizing that she did not know that her simply saying how it could be disrespectful to hijab would be the dog whistle for some of you to go after this 15 year old girl. And so my suggestions are listen and no, don't just listen, but hear what we say. Put into practice what you preach. If you are a Muslim who sees no color, then act like it. If you are someone who says Muslim first, then act like it. If, the, if you are a Muslim who follows the Quran and Sunnah and the Quran says that we are all made from different tribes and nations so that Miwe get to know each other and the, and, and, and the Prophet peace be upon him said that no black has any superiority over a white and no white over a black and no Arab over a non-Arab and no, and no non-Arab over an Arab, then act like it. If, 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 if there's nothing else you take away from what any of us have said today, act like a Muslim, plain and simple. I also just want to add quickly that like racism is not black and white. Anti-blackness is not black and white and there's a spectrum to it. And at the end of the day, especially as non-black people, um, you are conditioned to be anti-black. We are all conditioned. We live in a society that is very anti-black and very racist. So we understand, we understand that we will fall into these traps. Even me as a black Muslim woman, I fall into the same traps of anti-blackness and racism. We, we all do. And it's not, it's not that we don't make the same mistakes. And it's not that, um, we're all saying we're perfect and you're not. It's literally that we have to work on being better. And when we do make mistakes and we get called out for it, just acknowledge it, listen and move on. And we do the same thing. And every single day, we just have to commit to being better than we were yesterday, less racist, less anti-Black. And that's the only way we could ever get to a point where we can be um, not harmful, I guess, <laughs> to each other. Yeah, I think, one last thing I'll probably add, just because I really related to it from Jamil's um, sort of speech. I think when it comes down to the, the whole turban thing and all that stuff, just also be aware of this, guys, like, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this, right? We're Muslims of the Quran and Sunnah, right? And this is going to be the best for last. Our best advice is literally follow the Quran and Sunnah and see how the Prophet, peace be upon him, actually reacted to different situations how he interacted with different people read the sirah and see how he reacted and then now 
I want you to reflect on how you commented on the people's videos, right? And I'm not saying it's just for people who commented racist stuff. Every single person, read through the seerah or like, you know, reflect on the seerah and see if your behavior matches that of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Right, that's my one ask from everyone in general. And in relation to, for example, the way people misapply haram and halal just because of race, you need to, that's a subconscious thing that people do. If the turban hijab style is truly, yeah, obviously if it's not covering all the, the, the related parts, et cetera, and it's not much like modest clothing, then it'll be haram, regardless of what it is, right? But my question is why are you applying it differently based on race, if it's subconscious, like just look at those subconscious subtleties, even the same thing with, with regards to music, right? Some sheikhs will come out very quickly. Yeah, we know the, uh, in Bukhari, yeah, I know what, we know, we know what it says about musical instruments, right? But we're just saying be consistent, right? Don't be out here making videos about Jadeen and you know, other black uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, artists, but then you won't be making videos about Maharzain. It's like, oh, mashallah, Maharzain. It's like, no. This is the deen of Allah. That's even the worst thing that you can do. If you're separating people and like, you know, using haram and halal gun, right? To, to call people out or to praise them based on a race model, then that's even, that's a perversion of the religion, right? So without further ado, guys, thank you so much um, for being here. I want to just thank all of the guests and to all of the listeners. Thank you for coming to this special episode of Timbuk Tuesday. Um, and I guess we will see you next week, inshallah. And if you guys have any questions, right? Actually, let's do this. Drop, drop your ads for TikTok, guys, because we need to sort of share those. So we'll start off with Hikma. What's, what's your ad on TikTok? My ad is Gurage Garet, but it's G-U-R-A-G-E-R-E-D. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, I was like, is it? I mean, me and Jamil were debating what it actually was, something Gerard, and then I was like, I thought okay. it was garage. I really thought yeah, it was garage. garage. <laughs> I'll explain it. Gorage is um, uh, an ethnic group in Ethiopia, and that's where my family's from. And oh. Gared in Goragina, which is the language that we speak, means girl. So it just means Gorage girl. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, you, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this after the podcast, but uh, about ethnic groups, etc. But yeah, Anab, what's your, your TikTok at? Um, my at is underscore A-Y-N-A-B and then underscore. Perfect. And everyone already knows Doug LaBoy as well. Wait, and... I still want to go. You can't just exclude. Okay. How are you going to exclude <laughs> me? First of all, hey, guys, it's Doug LaBoy, D-O-U-G-L-A-B-W-O-Y. Dogla is an ethnic group in the Caribbean. And boy is how you say boy in Patois so yeah perfect perfect you guys already know me as well more content will be coming from me soon inshallah thank you guys so much and uh we will see you next week inshallah or this actually this saturday yeah sunday sorry